the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Good morning, everyone. Uh, you're having a wonderful Saturday. This is your host, Al Fadi. And if you're tuning in, you are listening to Let Us Reason. Thank you so much for uh, your uh, continued support, uh, for uh, being uh, basically um, an avid listener, and for all of your uh, comments, your interactions, your emails, your questions, and most importantly, for your prayers. We thank you so much for taking the time really to be with us, and uh, we hope that you're enjoying uh, this uh, podcast, and uh, we pray that this will continue for many years to come. Uh, thankful for you and for your support. Um, today we are going to uh, take a just a quick pause from the series that we've been going through, which is the unknown history of Islam or the critical analysis of the history of Islam. So today I'm just going to give you the usual summary updates of some of the most recent posts on our Facebook page. And remember, you can always communicate with me or even track what we're doing at my own personal Facebook page, which is alfadi.sira. And the word Sira starts with a C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A. So it's alfadi.sira, C-I-R-A. Or uh, you can also uh, watch some of our uh, new video releases at my uh, ministry page, Sira International. Again, Sira with a C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International, or the brand new page also uh, uh, known as The Al-Fadi, T-H-E-A-L-F as in Frank, A-D-I. You can go there and you'll see many of our new video releases, especially the series that we're doing with Dr. J. Smith, which I am also going through the radio side of things to even update you on some of the info that he and I had the privilege of working on together uh, by way of doing a video. In other words, you can really get more in-depth analyses through my podcast uh, about the same series that I did with Dr. J. Smith. We did three different tracks. The first one has to do with the critical analyses of the history of Islam. We called it the unknown history of Islam. The second one uh, is going to deal with the Quran and the Quranic manuscripts and the most recent discoveries that reveal contradictions and problems with the early Quranic manuscripts. We will deal with that uh, when the video begin to uh, uh, is released, and I'll start doing another podcast series on that as well. And finally, the last track we did, me and Dr. J. Smith, uh, by way of doing video interviews, has to do with slavery in Islam, and we'll unpack that also through the podcast. 
So for now, I want to just walk you through a quick um, Facebook post. As you know, sometimes I do um, a very short, provocative um, kind of a post by asking questions or, uh, you know, uh, emphasizing or highlighting the obvious. The intent, of course, is to stir up the hearts of uh, our Muslim friends to interact with us. And in doing so, hopefully they will come across the many interactions, the comments, the references and invitations to compare Christ to uh, their belief, and therefore, hopefully, they will accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. So, for instance, just shortly before I started this podcast, I went ahead and I posted a uh, short, uh, basically, comment, and I said, Allah told Muhammad, basically, in the Quran, uh, asking him to seek forgiveness. Indication, basically, that Muhammad is a sinner. Otherwise, why would God ask Muhammad to seek forgiveness unless if Muhammad wasn't a sinner or someone who sinned? You'll find an example of this in the Quran in chapter 110, verse 3. Chapter 110, verse 3, which which clearly says, Glorify your Lord with his praise and seek his forgiveness. Surely, he is oft returning with mercy. So, It is obvious that the God of Islam is asking his messenger to seek the forgiveness uh, from uh, seek his forgiveness simply because uh, it's clearly that Muhammad has sinned. The same at the same time, the God of the Quran in another chapter, chapter 19 of the Quran, verse 19, announced to Mary that she will have a child who will be sinless, pure, righteous. I mean, it's very obvious even in the Quran itself. We know our Lord is a sinless uh, person because he was the perfect sacrifice uh, for our sins to atone for us. That's what the Bible says. But the Quran acknowledges this and it looks like our Muslim friends somehow are missing the point from within their own book, basically. Their own book made this comparison between Jesus and Muhammad and told them that Muhammad is a sinner His God asked him to seek forgiveness, yet Jesus, according to the Quran, is sinless. That's my challenge to my Muslim friends. Which one would you like to follow? The one who says that he is a sinner and he's always reminded to ask for forgiveness, and in fact, in chapter 46 of the Quran, verse 9, says, I don't even know what's going to happen to me. In other words, in the afterlife and on judgment day, nor that I know what's going to happen to you. Would you like to follow someone who has already told you things like this or the one that the Quran itself acknowledges, meaning Jesus, that he is sinless. And in the Bible, our Lord in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Very assuring confidence and no doubts whatsoever. Jesus says, you follow me, you'll be in heaven. That's the end of our destiny. It's not like maybe yes, maybe no, not at all. So this is the intent, of course, behind this particular post. Now, a previous post about a day earlier uh, that I had in there has to do with the following, which is really interesting, actually. I don't know how many of you know about the story of how Muhammad supposedly received his first revelation And the way he received his revelation was the claim that he went to a cave in Mecca and he's been meditating in that cave as it was his uh, tradition. He will go there periodically and 
meditated in one of those occasions when he was at the age of 40, an angelic being, that's what he says later, before that he did not identify that being as an angel, by the way. And he says this spiritual being appeared to him and he was terrified when this being basically asked him to read something. And he says, read. And Muhammad says, uh, I, I do not know what to read. And literally, according to Muslims and the Quran, that Muhammad supposedly was an illiterate person. So what kind of a joke is this that the God of Islam doesn't even know that his prophet doesn't know how to read and yet is asking him to read? But that's beside the point. Nevertheless, the question was repeated three times. And this supposed being was squeezing Muhammad so tightly to the point that Muhammad almost says that he felt like he is choking as a result of this. And then he let, released him, this angelic being or this spiritual being, and he told Muhammad to read and began to recite to Muhammad the first three verses ever to be released or revealed from the Quran. Those are found in chapter 96 of the Quran, verses 1 to 3. Here is the problem. Muhammad didn't take this seriously. He did not even for a second assume that he was a prophet called by Allah. And I don't blame him. I mean, uh, he wasn't even assured as it is the norm by the angelic beings in the Bible. He didn't hear the word, do not be afraid. Or, oh Muhammad, uh, here is a message from your Lord. Nothing like that at all. So he went home terrified, thinking that he's been demonically possessed, given the fact that he was in a cave in the wilderness. And, you know, that's where... Uh, according to his own understanding, that's where demons and satans and jinnies exist. His wife, her name is Khadija, whom he was married to at that time, she assured him that he really doesn't have to worry at all, that it appears that his God is calling him uh, to do something for him because he is basically a good person. And she actually went on to perform a test she told him, when you see this angelic being next time, and if I'm with you, let me know. And we're going to do a quick test to assure you that what you're seeing is an angel, not a demon. And sure enough, uh, uh, a little while, uh, Muhammad saw that uh, being and his wife was with him and he told her and she said, okay, hang on a second. I want you, Muhammad, to lay your head on my right thigh and uh, uh, do you see him? And he's, th he's like, no, I don't. She's okay. Uh, lay on my left thigh. Do you see him? He says, um, uh, I, uh, uh, he says, uh, yes, I still, uh, I should say. Uh, the first time he says, yes, I still. The second time says, yes, I still. She said, okay, wait a second. She removed her garment all the way up. In other words, she exposed her body. And then she asked him, do you see him? And she said, he said, no, he disappeared. She said, you see, that's an angel because angels do not like to look at exposed or naked woman. That was the test, ladies and gentlemen. And Muhammad basically believed, because of the testimony of his wife, that he was a prophet sent by God. Find me a single story like this in the Bible and show me a single prophet that was sent by Yahweh in the Bible who was tested by a human being to prove that he was sent by God rather than God himself speaking directly to him in a vision, audibly, or through an angel. Please find me a single story that resembles what Muhammad's story looked like. So, my post was saying this. We have a dilemma. The Quran, actually, in chapter 2 of the Quran, verse 282, says that the testimony of a woman, a Muslim woman, equals that of a half a man. In other words, two women equal one man in Islam. But yet, amazingly, the testimony of Khadija automatically equal the testimony of two men, 
because Muhammad went by her own testimony. And that was the point behind my post, is to challenge this Islamic mentality and show that there is contradictions within the history of Islam itself. Now, I want to really look for a comment here by uh, someone, uh, you know, to show you what's going on. For instance, we have a believer, and the believer reminded us of Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 12, verse 6, where it says this, Hear my words. This is Yahweh speaking. Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. In other words, don't take the word of the prophet unless I appear to him. I spoke to him. I directly communicated with him. Did you hear me say anything like this about the story of Muhammad? Even Muhammad thought he was demonically possessed. Even Muhammad was terrified from that being. He didn't even say for once that this was his God who was speaking to him. In fact, later on, the Quran and the, uh, the uh, Islamic traditions, I should say, teaches that Muhammad never spoke directly to his, fa- to his God. And if anyone claims that Muhammad spoke directly to his God, that he is a liar, basically. In other words, the person who claims this is a liar. So uh, which one should you follow? The one that the Bible says God appeared to him and spoke to him, meaning the prophets of the Bible, who, by the way, prophesies most of the time about the coming Messiah. And Jesus himself, according to John 1, was the only one who came to reveal the Father to us because he was in the bosom of the Father. The one who says, if you follow me, either way, the truth and the life, you will make it to the Father in heaven because no one comes to the Father except by me. Would you like to follow Jesus or a prophet in the Bible who prophesies about Jesus or a prophet in the Bible who prophesies about the true God, Yahweh? Or would you like to follow a prophet who claims that he was terrified in a cave thinking that he was demonically possessed? Simple question. Doesn't take a genius, by the way, to come up with the answer for this. Now, I'm trying to find also if we have a Muslim, for instance, who responded to this question. So here is one. I'm not going to mention the name, by the way, but you can go to that post. The post, by the way, is called Dilemma. That's what it's called in Facebook. It's called Dilemma. Is Mo really a prophet? Question mark. Khadija's testimony equal two men, yet two Muslim women testimony equal one man. That's the post. You'll find it basically on my personal page, Facebook page, alfadi.sira. But here's a, a Muslim that always argues and doesn't ever provide a single thing that is even of value. Okay? So here's what he says. He says, Al-Fadi, didn't you know anything about testimony? Let me help you and the Christians searching for truth. Number one, meaning point number one. The testimony of a woman is accepted like that of a man in regards to seeing the crescent of Ramadan. Okay, here is my rebuttal to this. It is not found in the Quran. Okay, you get the idea. This gentleman is making up his own, basically, opinions about that. Point number two. He's saying, a woman's testimony is equal to that of a man concerning the oath of basically, um, you know, uh, other things. Uh, in this case, the li'an, okay, meaning the cursings and things like that. You will not find a single reference in the Quran. What do we mean by the Quran? The Quran to Muslim is that the word of Allah revealed to Muhammad verbatim. 
So the Quran is not saying anything about this, but this guy think he can trump and override his God by making up his own way of why women are equal. Point number three, he's saying, the testimony of a woman is accepted in issues pertaining to woman issues. He says, Ibn Qudama, meaning one of those narrators, in Al-Mughni, that's a book that he wrote, the testimony of a just, notice, a just woman is accepted in matters that men do not know much about. In other words, woman stuff, basically, such as nursing, uh, nursing a child, childbirth, uh, ministration, uh, and so on and so forth. It's amazing how this guy just comes up with his own ideas, basically. And that's really a testimony to the fact that Islam is made up by men ruling and trumping their God and his own teachings, technically speaking. So it's a man-made religion from beginning to end, by the way. Then point number four, he says the testimony of a one woman is accepted in many cases. Again, he's quoting Ibn Qudama, the testimony of one woman is accepted in every case where the testimony of a woman alone is accepted. Wow. I mean, that's it's, it's almost like he basically provided a, uh, a solution to a complex issue by coming up with what men are saying, not what they did. He, did you hear him say a single thing about his God? Did you hear him say the Quran said so? Not at all, because the Quran is silent about those things. Point number five, he says, the testimony of a woman is sometimes preferred to that of a man. For instance, canceling a marriage contract is the husband's choice as well as the wife's choice. That's his own opinion, by the way, because it depends which Sharia law you follow. Even Sharia law opinions vary. So he's obviously taken uh, one opinion over the other, but still, the dilemma is where in the Quran did it say this? Nowhere. You're going to hear crickets, basically, when you ask that question. And then the last... The last point he is coming up with, he says, point number six, testimony is different from narration. The narration of one woman is accepted in every matter, even in hadith. Well, by the way, here is a hint to those of you who are listening to us. Hadith is the term uh, uh, referred to the sayings of the Prophet of Islam. Supposedly, uh, there are a number of collections that collected all of the sayings of the prophets during his lifetime. And those sayings had to do with how the prophet interpreted things, how he applied things, how he ruled about things, and how he lived both uh, also uh, certain things. In other words, they are his wisdom, basically, sayings for his Muslim people to follow. The only problem is those collections were made 240 years after the death of the prophet. You get the idea. There was no eyewitness accounts to even confirm that the prophet said this. And I'll give you a quick example of why I'm saying this. The first collection known as Sahih Bukhari, meaning the authentic hadith by Bukhari. That's the name of the gentleman who collected it. Bukhari collected 660,000 hadith, approximately. He only chose 7,000 out of the 660,000. Do the math. That's even less than 2%. Why did he do this? Because he didn't trust most of the others and he felt that they were fabricated. There you have it. This gentleman, of course, is making up his own opinions about what ought to be uh, basically considered an acceptable testimony of woman. Yet the problem for him and for my Muslim friends and my Muslim people is that their God never said these things. 
you will not find a single point out of the six points that this gentleman just referenced right here in the Quran. In other words, who runs the show in Islam? It appears that the man of Islam runs the show, not the God of Islam runs the show. And that's where the problem about Islam is all about. It's a man-made religion by a man who brought a man-made book. And his sayings are a man-made collection. This is simply what Islam is all about. Then we move on to another post. I also called it Dilemma. And here's what the post says. If Allah denies having someone die in someone else's place, why then did he have someone die in Jesus's place? Now, here is the explanation of why this is important. If you go to the Quran in chapter 4, verse 157, that's the only claim in the Quran that supposedly Jesus wasn't crucified. And here is what the verse will say. They killed him not nor crucified him, but he was made to look like him. Okay, so what are we talking about? What we're talking about here is that supposedly the Jews were bragging at the days of Muhammad that they killed Jesus. Then Muhammad came up with this lonely verse and says, no, you did not kill Jesus, nor crucify Jesus, but he was made to look like him. Meaning someone else was on the cross, appeared to you as if he was Jesus. Therefore, you thought you did crucify Jesus and kill him. That is really a neat way of basically weaseling your way out of a dilemma, technically speaking. Instead of actually uh, dealing with the historical evidence that the church have more than enough proof that Jesus was crucified, Muhammad came up with this lonely verse that his God, Allah, actually deceived the Christian by putting someone on the cross made in this someone to look like Jesus. So these poor Christians for 600 years from the time of the crucifixion and the ascension until the coming of Muhammad, they were thinking they were actually preaching the crucifixion of Christ and his resurrection and believing that Jesus did die on the cross for the atonement of our sin. What a wonderful God, don't you think? A God that deceived. Oh, by the way, he did say he is a master deceiver in the Quran. There you have it. He himself is bragging even about himself that he as a deity, is the master deceiver. In other words, you cannot really trick me. I can trick you from now until Judgment Day. Indeed, he has tricked billions of Muslims for the last 16, uh, 14 centuries until Judgment Day, and they are going to get a rude awakening by that time. That's why we labor hard to share the truth with our Muslim friends because they are living in La La Land, and we want to help them get out of La La Land and go to reality world. Because only in reality world that they will have the way, the truth, and the life that will lead them into paradise. Today, Jesus says, you will be with me in paradise. Not tomorrow, not maybe after tomorrow, not maybe after judgment, not maybe you go to hell and then I'll rescue you. No, you will be today, this moment, with me in paradise. The scripture says that we are now, as believers, seated in the heavenly places with Jesus. Right this minute, we are seated with him. That's the difference between the Quran and the Bible. And between my Lord, Jesus Christ, my Savior, and this man, Mo, that's what I call him. Because writing his full name actually takes up much unnecessary space on my Facebook. Nevertheless, here is the point what I'm trying to make. Please go to our Facebook, interact with Muslims. They need to hear the gospel from a variety of you. And uh, support us by following us. Go to our YouTube channel also known as Sira International. Subscribe to Patreon uh, through Patreon. Become a patron 
uh, a supporter of the ministry by prayer and even financially, if you like. You can support us with as little as $1 and as much as you like. Uh, all of this will help us basically produce more videos, be able to sustain the expenses to promote these posts on Facebook, to promote our videos on YouTube, and to also pay for our podcasts and other things as well. So we thank you uh, for partnering with us, and we thank those of you who are prayerfully considering also to become new partners. And when you also subscribe to our YouTube channel via Patreon, you begin to receive special notifications whenever there is a new video that is posted over there. And also when you uh, like us on Facebook at uh, the ministry page, Sira International, or the other page, The Al-Fadi, or my personal page, alfadi.sira, you will know, of course, every time I have one of those challenge posts in there or interactions that we have. Well, um, I hope that uh, you will find all of these information helpful to you. And I want to remind you that we have started it already a series. We called it The Critical Analyses of the History of Islam. Uh, we will resume uh, our topic on that next time. Until we meet again, have a blessed day. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>